0: Alright, what's up everybody? It's Bobby here at Creep Chiefs Corner. We are now available uh, through uh, Anchor. Uh, we just uh, decided to download the app and literally tried it out for the first time right now. So uh, for those of you that know, we've we've had podcasts before. We've done things through different sites and uh, we're going to still try to do as much as we can uh, through that but you know really got hooked up here with anchor we're gonna we're gonna give this a whirl but um, I decided to come on here I wanted to try try out this uh, this app and try to see uh, how many listens we can get how many people can can uh, get us because I know before we were all hard to find um, so so we're gonna get this going but really tonight I want to talk about the NASCAR Hall of Fame that's really where I want to start and it is such a great place to start because ironically today NASCAR unveiled the NASCAR Hall of Fame 2021 nominees, and uh, for the Hall of Fame class, but also the uh, four or five individuals that are going to be uh, able to win the Landmark Award. Um, so here's here is the modern era ballot. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to list them in name order. Okay, this is last name order. Neil Bonnet uh, is is on there. Neil won 18 times in a NASCAR Cup Series, including uh, consecutive Coca-Cola 600 victories. Uh, Jeff Burton. Jeff won 21 times in a NASCAR Cup Series, including the Southern 500 and two Coca-Cola 600s. Dale Earnhardt Jr., 15-time NASCAR Cup Series Most Popular Driver Award and a two-time Xfinity Series champ. A lot of people forget Jr. won those championships. So uh, interesting that NASCAR, in their little uh, press release here, made sure to highlight that Carl Edwards, Carl Edwards, winner of 28 NASCAR cup series races and the 2007 NASCAR Xfinity series champion. Also Harry Gant winner of 18 NASCAR cup uh, series races, including two Southern five hundreds, Mr. September, as he's nicknamed as well, Harry Hyde, the 1970 NASCAR cup series championship crew chief, and is also the inspiration behind days of thunder, Larry Phillips. He's a five time, uh, NASCAR Weekly Racing Series uh, national champion Larry's world-renowned uh, short track racer Ricky Rudd, the Rooster, as he is nicknamed, has won 23 times in the NASCAR Cup Series, including the 1997 Brickyard 400. We also have Kurt Shelmerdine, the four-time NASCAR Cup Series championship-winning crew chief, and Mike Stefanik, the late Mike Stefanik, winner of a record tie nine. NASCAR championships for the pioneer ballot. We have Jake Elder. He's a three-time NASCAR cup series championship crew chief red farmer, three-time NASCAR late model sportsman champion and 1956 modified champion. We have Banjo Matthews built cars that won more than 250 NASCAR cup series races and three championships. Herschel McGriff, the 1986 NASCAR West series champion. And finally, Ralph Moody, two-time NASCAR Cup Series championship owner and mechanical genius of Hallman Moody Company. For the Landmark Award, returning to this award would be Janet Guthrie, the first female to compete in a NASCAR Cup Series super speedway race. Uh, Alvin Hawkins, NASCAR's first flagman, established NASCAR racing at Bowman Gray Stadium with Bill France Sr. Mike Helton, named the, the third NASCAR President in 2000, career-included track operator roles at Atlanta Motor Speedway and Talladega Super Speedway. Dr. Joseph Mattioli, the founder of Pocono Raceway, and Ralph Seagraves formed the groundbreaking Winston-NASCAR partnership as an executive with R.J. Reynolds Tobacco Company. So that's a, a, a very interesting list of folks. And I would say out of those folks, you know, you have a couple names that jump out at you. For the modern era, I think Dale Earnhardt Jr. makes a strong case. And and I know that people are going to say, "Oh my gosh, Bobby, you're going you're going Dale Jr. Oh my gosh, you're you're going down this this pike." I'll say right now what why I feel the way I'm going to feel about this. Dale Jr. is going to get in this year. I know he's not a first ballot Hall of Fame guy. I know his statistics don't mean anything when you compare him to some of the drivers that are that have gotten in and drivers that will get in after him. But this is what I'm going to say. Dale Jr. was a 15-time most popular driver. Now, whether that was basically because of being Earnhardt as his last name, or whether that was he got this sport through a very difficult time. If you remember when Dale Sr. passed, Dale Sr. fans basically either flocked to Dale Earnhardt Jr., they went to Kevin Harvick, or they found their own drivers. And Dale Jr. winning that Pepsi 400 in 2001, the race that the first time that these cars were back at the track, at that track, after Dale Sr. passes, and Jr. wins that race in the way he does, that captured a lot of things. That captured the fan base that was still mourning Dale's death. That was um, you know, such an exciting moment. And then, ironically, you look at September of that year. We get to Dover, the first race after the 9-11 terrorist attacks. Guess who wins the race at Dover? Dale Earnhardt Jr. Now, I- I'm not saying that Jr. deserves to get in because he won those two events. But if you look at the gravitas that Dale Jr. has what he means for the sport, what he represents. He is just as much of an important figure and and an inspirational figure for the sport than anybody else that's gotten in. Okay, Dale Jr. will get in based on lots of different things. His NASCAR resume might not be the greatest. It might not be one that, if his name wasn't Dale Earnhardt Jr., wouldn't get him in. But because he is Dale Jr., because he is who he is, because of the person he's become on his own, not necessarily because of the last name, but because of the person he's become, the uh, you know the humanitarian he's become, there are things that Dale Jr. does that none of us know about. Okay, And there's a lot of things that we know about that Dale Jr. does. He's done so much for the Nationwide Children's Hospital. Yes, folks, I know Dale Jr. was sponsored by Nationwide. I get it. But Junior has done things now and and has done things in his, you know, in his earlier days as well. But he does things now in a much different way. You know, now he's a broadcaster. now he's he's seeing a different lens. Um you know, Junior has brought so much to the table and has kept interest in a sport that if it wasn't for Junior, I don't know where we would be today. So I can't sit here and say, that I'm going to be one of those people that says Dale Jr. shouldn't get in on the first ballot because I know he's going to get in. It's it's a foregone conclusion. If you ask me today who's getting in the NASCAR Hall of Fame, the two people on the modern era ballot, it's going to be Dale Earnhardt Jr. And then it's going to be a toss-up on the next one. The next driver, it could be Carl Edwards. It could be Jeff Burton. You can make a case for Harry Gann if you want. You can make a case for any of the guys on the list because they're all right around the same driver. What I will say is juniors are a shoe in as far as I'm concerned. And, and let's not knock it because of the statistics, because there are folks that in all sports that get in, not because of who they are as players, but sometimes what they do off the court, off the field, Outside that that goes on behind closed doors, there are things that all these guys do. It's not just Dale Jr., but Jr. brings another level to this sport and his contributions. I'm not saying are more important than anybody else's, but I'm saying he has made some huge contributions to the sport. And like I said, he's brought this sport through some very trying times. And you look at what Dale Jr. is even doing now, running the I Racing. I mean, think about. That for a second, we're going through one of the most difficult times in recent history right now, and Dale Jr. is out there running an i race, trying to get people to watch it, trying to get people to, to you know, to get their minds off of what we're all dealing with on a daily basis now. Dale Jr. is out there actually doing this because he wants to do it. Dale's retired. He doesn't have to compete in this. He could say, you know what? I'm not racing anymore. That's not my battle. But he volunteered to do this. He's into iRacing just as much as, as the active drivers are. So that's the thing. That's the thing to me. If you ask me why Dale Jr. is, is going to get in, it's because of his contributions. It's how he's gotten us through those moments where, you know, the sport needed a. a shining star a guiding light and it was dale jr that got us through some of those times and i think that that's those contributions are things that you can't forget about those are things that you can't quantify it you can't sit there and say this means more than that um you know the two xfinity championships obviously weigh a lot um you know and, and you can make an argument either way whether or not he's really a a Hall of Fame driver, but I I would say that Dale Junior um, is going to get it. Okay, so so that's that's my personal opinion. Now, as far as the other driver, there's a ton of people you could pick here. You know, there's a decent amount of guys that you can select, and you can make a case for Neil Bonnet. You can make a case for Jeff Burton. You can make a case for Carl Edwards, Harry Gantz on this list. Harry High, Larry Phillips, uh, Ricky Rudd, Mike uh, Kurt Shelmerdine, and Mike Stefanik. Stefanik, if you ask me, is the one that's going to get it, and, and it's because Stefanik is a modified champion, multiple-time modified champion. He, to me, exemplifies the drivers that he represents. Him and Larry Phillips represent the local guys. The guys that are the blue collar drivers, they're the ones that are fighting every single day. You know, they have a nine to five job. They work on their cars on the weekends, and they go out and have fun and they race. And that's why I think Mike Stefanik. If you ask me, he's going to be the guy that gets in. I know Carl deserves it. I know Jeff Burton deserves it. I know, I know, and, and and those guys will get in. But I just, I can't see Mike Stefanik not getting in this year. I just can't see it. Because I just think the nine championships, um, the fact that, y- y- you know, we've lost some really great race car drivers over the years. And, 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 and I just think that, you know, Mike, I, I do think when Ted Christopher uh, comes up on this, I think Ted Christopher should get in. I think all these guys, these modified guys, don't get enough credit. And I know we don't do a modified show. I, I'm not – you know, I'm not mod squad. I'm not, you know, uh, you know, my my buddies, Eric Flash and Patrick Brooks that covered it, you know, intensely up there. Th- this isn't this isn't this. These guys are absolutely warriors when they get to the track, because these guys, like I said, a lot of them have to race you know, have to work to race. This isn't like you know the Cup Series today, where you know these guys are cutting paychecks and and they're you know wealthy beyond beyond the racetrack. These guys have literally to to work jobs in order to race, and it's a concept that you know I think people, if you're really serious about grass, grassroots drivers, you're really serious about grassroots racing. This is the guy to put in him or Larry Phillips would be the two guys to put in. I would say Stefanik gets the nod just because of the sheer fact of the, the the amount of championships, how dominant he's been in that series, and what he meant for the sport of modifieds. And I'll never forget that interview he did at the Daytona Beach Race, at the Daytona Prelude, or whatever they called that race when they ran him on the backstretch there at Daytona those couple of years. And he was ticked off about some racing accident And he was livid. I'll never forget that interview that Stefanik did. But that's the reason to me why Mike Stefanik gets the nod over Carl Edwards or Jeff Burton. Now, I'll I'll say next year when 2022 comes up, I I would say Jeff Burton stands a very good chance. Carl Edwards stands a good chance. But I also, you know, I I was actually, I thought I was, I thought I was, um, I, I must have missed this, but apparently the, it used to be a five-year rule. So someone asked me uh, on one of the on one of the groups, you know, what's the requirements to, to qualify? Because you know, Junior, you know, just retired a couple years ago, and I thought it was a five-year rule. I must have missed that they made it a two-year rule. Um, whatever, Toby, Toby Christie corrected me, and thanks to Toby for correcting me on that because you know, I mean, I don't see everything. I, I miss stuff. We all do. You know, it happens. But. um <laughs> So it's a 2 year rule, which means Matt Kenseth is going to be able to be nominated next year. And I think Matt's going to get in. I think Matt's going to get in next year, and I think that Carl or Jeff Burton will get in uh, next year. Now, again, you can make a case for Ricky Rudd. You can make a case for Harry Gantt. I don't know if I would make a case— for for Harry Yant this year, I would say he's gonna be he's gonna be a guy that he's gonna need some people, other kind of borderline ish guys to be on that list for him to get in. And I don't think next year is gonna help him because when he gets Kenseth on that list, a champion, they're gonna put him in. Now I'd say Matt's gonna come in at a great time because Junior's very likely gonna be off that list, and if Junior doesn't, if for some reason Junior didn't get in this year, Junior would absolutely get in next year. Now, I'm kind of, in a way, glad that Matt came back in 2018 because if it was Matt and Dale Jr. this year, that would have been the slam dunk choices, and you wouldn't have Carl Edwards or Jeff Burton. You wouldn't have the debate that you're going to have this year because you have one slam dunk in Dale Jr., and then you have about – Three to four guys that you could put in this year um, and legitimately, legitimately put them in. But I think Stefanik gets the nod. I think those nine championships, grassroots racer, hard-nosed guy, uh, blue-collar driver, th- those are the things that I think, you know, if NASCAR really wants and the community wants to send a message, those are the guys you want to have. That's the guy that you want to put in there. That's the person you got to do. And that's what I think it is. I think it's going to be, um, I think it's going to be, you know, Dale Jr., Mike Stefanik. And, and I, and I would say next year, um, uh, for 2022, you would probably get Matt Kenseth and, and maybe Carl Edwards, you know, you might get a, uh, you know, the, the Roush boys might go in next year. Um, it might be Matt Kenseth and Jeff Burton, you know, again, Roush drivers, um, um, but I do think Kensith will get in on a, on a first ballot. Um, I don't foresee anybody else really being that strong coming in. Uh, that retired with Matt. I mean, yes, I know Danica's name could possibly come on the list, but gee, I mean, you know, come on, let's be real here. She she if she gets in or she gets nominated, I'm, I'm gonna really have a problem with next year. ballot, but this year I'm okay with Junior on there you know i get it his contributions to the sport are are tremendous that's going to get him in not necessarily the stats but at the end of the day it's not going to matter it's it's you know there is a fan vote okay and and we all know who's going to win the fan vote it's dale junior and nobody else is going to be there it's going to be dale junior and that's where where the the vote might help guys get in but I do think Stefanik's, um to me is a no-brainer. It's just a no-brainer. I-, I know people are gonna say, "Oh, you're you're ragging on Neil Bonnet. Oh, you're missing out on Jeff Burton. Oh, All your, you know, you're not paying homage to Carl Edwards and this one and that one. Oh my God, the Rooster. You you missed Ricky Rudd. Listen, I know enough about this stuff. I could tell you right now, Mike Stefanik deserves to get in. He deserves that. He deserves this much more than a lot of people are gonna give him credit for. So in the pioneer um, part of the ballot, Jake Elder, Red Farmer, uh, Banjo Matthews, Herschel McGriff, Ralph Moody. Listen, I'm going to make this really, really simple. Red Farmer, you know, outside of NASCAR, now, and I know this is a NASCAR Hall of Fame, and, and, and I'm going to probably take half of the people off that are going to listen to this episode, but I really don't care in this sense. Red Farmer deserves to get it. Do you realize… Red Farmer has won six or seven hundred dirt races. This guy is a legend, not just in NASCAR. He's a legend in motorsports, and this guy deserves again deserves to be in the NASCAR Hall of Fame. There are certain guys that transcend racing, whether it's you know uh, Red Farmer because he's he's good at everything. You know he he was great in 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 the modifieds. He won that nineteen fifty uh, six modified champion. Uh, he was a a late model champ. This guy could win in anything. He could win in anything. You put him in a car, he wins. This guy is good. You know, Red Farmer deserves to get in. You know, and, and it's just it's it to me. It's no debate. It's no debate out of that group. Okay, I, I I'm not. You know, I I I don't know enough about the other guys, but I know Red Farmer really well, and I know that that's that's someone that needs to be in there. He deserves it. Um, I know that that would mean a lot for the Alabama gang because he's part of the Alabama gang, and I know that Huey has got a couple people on that list right now. But I, I do think that uh, that uh, Red Farmer's got to get it. I, I think that that's got to happen this year, and you know, we'll see. As far as the landmark award, you know. I've been back and forth on the landmark award winner a couple of times. You know, I really, I really was back and forth on it. I said, you know, maybe Janet deserves it more than anybody else because, you know, she really paved the way for women in racing. But then I thought, I'm like, you know, Janet will get her day. I think she's going to get that award at some point in time. And I have no problem with that. I think she, she deserves a landmark award. Um, I just don't know about this year. I, I think, to me, the person that deserves it the most is 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 jo- is Joseph Mattioli. He deserves it because he founded w- one of the 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 longest running independent race tracks that we have on the circuit. You realize today we have um, ISC, which no longer exists, but it's basically NASCAR, Bruton Smith and the Smith family. Pocono and Dover. That's it for cup operators. There are no other cup operators out there. Everybody else has been bought out by NASCAR or bought out by the Bruton Smith. You have Pocono and you have Dover. That's it. And the only one of those companies that's public anymore is Dover. Everybody else has gone private. The Mattioli family, uh, you know, Joe and and, and his wife, uh, uh, Rose, you know, those guys and and the the grandkids, you know, they're running a phenomenal operation out there in Pocono. It's great. It's a fantastic racing facility. It wasn't always fantastic. I'll tell you that much right now. You know, I remember going there as a young kid. I mean, the place was a dump for years. They've spent so much money there. You know, Ben Mays, I've met Ben a couple times. I, You know, Brandon Adowski, Nick, you know, the Adowski kids are great kids. Uh, you know, they're a little bit older than me, but they're great guys. They they work their tails off making that place great. It's it's fun. They have ticket prices at the right price point. They're doing amazing things for the fans. And I look at that, that facility and I look at what Joe started and what the Mattioli family started – and what now the Adowski's are are running, and it's their it's their grandkids. Okay, they're taking it to this next level. And Pocono, to me, as much as people don't like the product on the track, from a fan perspective, the place is great. I have been to a Bruton Smith track, I've been to a NASCAR track, which used to be ISC, and I have been to both Dover and Pocono. So I've been to all the Cup operators. I'll tell you. Bruton Smith rips you off at ticket prices. I can tell you that right now. I mean, the ticket price – I mean, I paid for a weekend over $300 per person to go sit and watch a Coke 600. was a ripoff. And I'm telling you, I got a ticket package, and I spent that much. I go to Pocono twice a year, right? It's only an hour and so – about an hour and a half from where I'm at. And I can go there and and spend one hundred and twenty five bucks, and I can get four tickets. I'm sitting probably five, six rows from the track. Yeah, I gotta have a fan vision, but i ha- I bought a fan vision years ago. I I, I I have it. I listen to all the different crews, the 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 driver, the team chatter, and all that stuff. it's It's a good package. And to go to the track and only spend, after us, you know, it's one hundred and twenty-five bucks. You get four tickets. You get four hot dogs. You get four sodas. It's a great ticket package. Pocono, you can thank me for the for the for the shout out later. But I mean, you're talking about a, a great deal. You can bring some friends with you. You guys go and enjoy a race. You have fun. It's a couple hours out in the sun. You're out in the Poconos. It's beautiful. It's usually you know really nice in June and July. Uh, you know, when the races were, you know, two separate weekends, now it's going to be a doubleheader this year and, um, uh, you know, it's going to be a good race, but I do think he, you know, I, I think Matty, you know, uh, Dr. Joseph Mattyoli deserves to get it. He he deserves it. And, and that family deserves the honor, the honor because of everything they've done for this sport. They've done things that a lot of people haven't even realized that they've done. You know, they did all kinds of stuff. Um, they've had IndyCar there. They've had NASCAR there. They've had, um, you know, this past year, they did a air show there. You know, I know that that wasn't something that Joseph Matty always started, but this is the kind of things that they started. You know, they, they've been playing around with safer walls for years. They've been doing things. You know, the Matty Olies have always been a favorite uh, for the drivers. They've always enjoyed going to Pocono. You know, you ask most drivers, they actually do like racing there. It's not like it's, you know, on TV, I get it's boring, but it's a challenge. You know, each one of those three turns, a tricky triangle, are different turns. Turn one's after, uh, I think, Trenton Speedway. You have turn two, which is modeled after Milwaukee. And then you have turn three, which is modeled after Indianapolis. It's incredible racetracks that they modeled this after. This was a a, a very, very visionary idea that they had. And it was it was really cool. So I think um, you know, we've talked a lot about the the um, the different things. I, I wanna let you guys know for if this is the first time you've ever heard uh, of crew chief's corner, you've never heard of of what it is. It's a NASCAR Silly season site on Facebook. Follow us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash the crew chief. And you can check us out on Twitter, at the Crew Chief, Instagram at Crew Chief's Corner. We even have a TikTok now at uh, Coochie's Corner, and then you guys can check us out on uh, Anchor. Our site, our account, um, is Anchor.fm/slash Corner, so you can check out everything that goes on there. And then don't forget, um, this will get out on Spotify. It'll get out on Apple uh, Podcasts. So your favorite uh platform that you guys like checking out podcasts will be on there now. Um, and then you can check us out as always on the site. We do Facebook Lives about once a week, so check us out on there. We also have a YouTube channel, which if you go on the Facebook page, you'll catch us uh, or our YouTube stuff on there as well. Uh, we're very active, we're very interactive, um, but obviously the podcast um, not as interactive. But you know, we do some some really cool stuff. We interact with fans. I go personally go to about four to five races a year, so I try to shoot some of my video from the garage area, things like that when I go to those events and try to keep you guys in the loop on what's going on. Uh, but really that's it for, for this episode. Uh, we're just trying to, to get timing down, trying to see what, how this all works out. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, hopefully we'll do this about once a week. Um, once the race season gets back up and running, we'll continue doing these and there'll be a little bit more about the races themselves. They're not always going to be about topics. I wanted to come on today and talk about NASCAR hall of fame, um, that got released today. So Um, let Let me know, guys, what you think. Let me know what you feel. Check us out on social media. Let me know what you guys thought of the episode. Let me know if there's any topics you want to discuss. If you guys want to leave us a message or something, we can go over some questions in the next one. Hope you guys enjoyed. Be safe. Wash your hands. Do all the stuff you're supposed to be doing, guys. We'll get through this. We'll get back racing soon. Catch you guys next time.